But realize you're, you're getting paid to do an infomercial for yourself every week. Welcome to the Solo Entertainer's Blueprint Podcast, brought to you by thegigcoach.com. I'm your host, Rick Bell, and they call me the Gig Coach. I'm a full-time professional solo entertainer. I play more than 300 shows a year. I'm a guitarist, a vocalist, a DJ, a karaoke host, and a few other things. This podcast is for anyone who wants to become a professional entertainer. You may be a karaoke singer. You may sing at your local karaoke clubs, and you're wondering if you can take that talent and monetize it, take it to your to be your, come your job. The answer is yes, you can with the right information. Maybe you're a solo performer now, a guitarist who sings and plays guitar, or a keyboardist, or you would like to do that. The information contained in this podcast can set you on the right course to do that. Maybe you're a DJ and you want to know how to stand out from all the other DJs in your market. The answer is to learn how to entertain. And that's what this podcast is dedicated to. Today's topic is residency gigs. Now, what is a residency gig? Well, we know for doctors, they do a residency when they get out of medical school. They go to a hospital and do a residency before they are fully licensed as a physician. What does that mean? It means they're basically resident there. A residency for a musician is a weekly gig at a venue. Every week, same time, same place. Now, that's not bi-weekly. You can't really call uh, every other week or once a month a residency. Now, some people do, but that's not what I'm talking about or describing here. You see, it's too hard for your customers to remember. If you play every other week, you have to do a massive email, uh, Facebook, Twitter campaign to remind them, hey, this is my week to play, because they don't remember if it's the first and third or the second and fourth or the first, third, and fifth weeks. That's much too hard for the customers to remember. I've been doing residency gigs for a long time, probably, God, 15 years now, and I really know kind of the dynamics of it in and out, and if you try to do it every other week, it will not work. Will not work as a residency, because there's some things, some dynamics that make a residency gig what it is, and there's a reason why they work. So let me, let's talk about what a residency, what you do in a residency gig. Now you can rarely do, in fact, I'm not aware of anyone that's, that makes this work consistently. You can't do a residency gig just playing your guitar and singing songs, because as I've said in other podcasts, no matter how good you are at that, it's all going to sound the same after a while with just one instrument and a, a voice, even if you're a great singer and a great guitarist. When you add track music in and you're performing, maybe playing your guitar along with the track music and singing, the tracks bring a, a whole new life and dimension to your show. And then you're able to do residency gigs. But what will solidify your position and in, in the ability to do residency gigs is bringing in that other element of the DJ combination, you being the DJ. Now, I'm not talking about going out and hiring a DJ. If you're a guitarist or a musician or just a vocalist, my training, thegigcoach.com, the training that's in, that, that 
is there will teach you how to be an entertainer and bring DJ. Now, I'm not talking about learning how to scratch and, and do all of that and beat match. That's largely not necessary. You know, the DJ purists will freak out when I say that. But I've been doing this for about 15 years, and I've never had to beat match or scratch. And I get paid quite well and have all these residency gigs that I've had for several years. That's the only reason I can make these podcasts. I know what I'm talking about because it's what I do. So to do a residency gig, it really helps if you have the ability to DJ, play DJ music, because then you can play any request they want. And the other thing that um, really has grown in popularity to where it's a mainstay now. Whether you love it or hate it, karaoke is here to stay. It is a way of life. And a cool thing besides karaoke now that's in vogue is actually singing along to the song, like a lip sync contest. And if you want to see some fun, go on a cruise ship and they have huge, well, they have huge lip sync contests all over at the clubs where things are really happening. People just want to get get up and get the microphone and act out their favorite song. So all of that stuff, if that's, if that turns you off as a musician, you know, I, I don't have anything to help you, <laughs> but if you want to do this, if you want to have gigs a residency gig lets you play the same place every week and play all you want to play. If you're a musician, you can play every lick that you have in your arsenal, and your crowd will build and build and build and follow you. Now, in a residency, you're going to, to take a little bit less pay than you would, well, actually a lot less pay than you would for a big private party or corporate or certainly a wedding but a, a residency gig is a different thing i want you to think of it this way a residency gig is the foundation of a secure income for an entertainer it gives you the ability to, to count on every week x amount of dollars coming in and the beauty of it is this this is the quiet little secret we secret we don't remind people of a residency gig is an infomercial for you every week. You get paid to do a two-hour or three-hour infomercial, which means you're there, and if you're doing DJ work or certainly karaoke work, you need a screen set up, a television screen, and almost every venue has a television these days because there's sports bars and all of that. And you'll just plug in. Again, I teach you how to do all of this stuff in the gig coach. But you plug your little HDMI cable from your laptop computer into one of their TVs. And you you have a huge sign on there that flashes and says, Hey, I do weddings uh, and I'm available for blah, blah, blah. And I've won these awards as a musician. Whatever your commercial message is, imagine it runs every week there. The other thing about doing residency gigs is you can pick up sponsors, business sponsors in your area. It's real hard to get sponsors if you're only playing once a month or once every two months because the sponsors want exposure. Now, if you have a weekly gig, you can go to local businesses or you can get, I had beer distributor uh, sponsorships for years. You can pick up any kind of deal you can make with them, and they will underwrite you every week. They'll they'll cut you a check. I had sponsors who cut me checks every week. I had sponsors who traded product with me. But I'm I'm just saying that there that's available when you're doing a residency gig because you have a television screen. 
Now, if you don't have a screen, you set a poster board up next to you that has your name and your logo. And, hey, I do weddings and private parties. Ask me about so-and-so. But the residency gig allows you to do that. To do that. The good thing for a venue doing a residency is they can build over time a clientele. They will be able to, to build consistency in the people that come. Now, a band can't, a band has a hard time doing a residency because a band is limited in what they, they're able to do. Now, if that band is playing with track music and incorporating DJ stuff, which some bands are doing these days, they could have a residency that, that would last. But the residencies these days, you need the variety of the DJ and, and the karaoke. The crowd wants to get into the show. They Again, even if you hate karaoke music, if you want to make a living doing this, you use what you have to get the gigs that you want. You Let me say that again. You use what's available to you to get the gigs that you want. In this case, if you'll do karaoke, you'll get hired for gigs that are not karaoke dependent. But that will draw crowds of people in there to see you. And it will... It will continue. You'll be amazed at that. But real, realize you're you're getting paid to do an infomercial for yourself every week. Your tip jar will be significant usually at residency gigs. People like to tip, and I have a special way to design a tip jar, and I'll I show you all that in my my course, thegigcoach.com. Um, you can sign up for that. It, it's going to be released in February of 2020. But there's a certain way you do the tip jar that my tip jar has made me. I don't even want to get into it. I just, I'm just going to say I, you can buy a car with what I've gotten in my tip jar in the last um, two or three years. Enough said. Okay. The, um, you, the thing about residencies, though, is you want to get a commitment from the venue owner. You want to say, hey, I'm willing to be on your team. And this is the language you want to use, that you are part of their team. You're not just an entertainer coming in. They can find entertainers. But you're willing to come in and be part of their team to make their business a success. And you need to be making notes of this stuff because this is how you talk their language. When you're negotiating this, you say, you've got to look at entertainment in a residency situation different than you look at one-off entertainment. In other words, those are one-night things they bring in here and there. Those are never going to be consistent, never, because the different acts are all different, and some of them are good, some of them are terrible, and all levels in between. But residencies are different, and you have to explain to the venue owner, this is part of an overall marketing plan. The fact that you have live music consistently Every, let's say, Thursday night, every Thursday night, they know they can come here for live music. That will start to grow. That will start to, over time, as long as people don't have to remember, well, is it the first Thursday or the third Thursday? I don't know what. Oh, forget it. We won't go. If they know it's every Thursday, again, I've done this for a long time. I owned a club. I talk about the ultimate residency. I owned it, and I was the only act that was ever there, and it was literally packed. You couldn't get in the thing, and you can ask anyone who knows. It was packed every night. Got tired of, of doing it because it was such a hassle dealing with that many people and then you know, still trying to perform. Lot, lot to own in a club. I don't encourage anyone to do that. But the residency gigs, you, you explain to the venue owner, this is part of the 
overall marketing planning, when you commit to doing this, we need to do it at a minimum of six months, but I would give it a year. Build it into the budget. Now, the pay for that, again, it's going to be less than what you make for parties. You're going to make probably double or triple at a minimum when you do private parties, what you do at a, a residency gig. And every market's different. But whatever your market will bear and that your venue owner is comfortable, don't squeeze them up to the top level of pay because what will happen is the first slow week they have, and it won't even be your fault, it'll be slow sales and something else, they'll panic and want to cut out the entertainment. But if you price it under that, you know, where it looks like a good deal to them, guess what? You'll be there forever as long as it makes sense to them. And it's going to make sense to you because this is a pay, this is paying you to advertise yourself and you will get the gigs. You'll get the weddings. You'll get the parties from these residency gigs, people there seeing you every week and liking if you're good at what you're doing. And I'm assuming you're going to be once you finish this study material that I have. Smart managers will recognize that this is a good idea. Okay. Flaky managers at flaky venues, restaurants, they come and go. You need to kind of be selective when you're choosing who you want to work with on a residency situation. If you get a kind of a check in your gut about ah, this, this seems a little flaky. The people here, the management, and it's probably not going to last, and it's not going to look good on uh, on your resume if you sign on with people who are going to fail. But you'll see the good ones that are uh, having you know, have a good chance of really succeeding. But here's, this is, this is the magic formula for residency gigs. And this is something that I want you to understand. And I go in much more detail again in the course in this, but I want you to understand the recipe, the menu, consistent menu principles, what I call it, the consistent menu principle. Here's how it works. When you're talking to these venues, the places that are going to be up for residencies are generally restaurant, pub type things, bar and grills, usually just a straight uh, bar. Uh, they'll do residencies. You know, they certainly do. But most places these days sell food also because there's so much more profit in it. Here's the analogy you give them. You go there, and they're typically always bringing in different bands. Every week's a different band, and they may rotate them out and bring them in once a month or once every six weeks or however, that rotation thing. Tell them that is not the best idea. What if they rotated their menu out every week? They rotated the chef out, the cooks. They had different cooks come in, and the customers would come in every week, and it was a different menu one week it might be Mexican food. The next week it might be Italian food. And then the next week they may have Indian cuisine in there. Do you think the customers would come? Of course they wouldn't because they don't know what they're going to get that night when they come. It's the same thing with entertainment. Now, I know some of these band people don't want to hear this. But it's the truth, and I can speak from both sides of the fence. I'm a currently working six-night-a-week professional entertainer that I've been doing that for many, many years. I owned a bar 
back in 2010, I think is when I, I did it. I did it for a few years and I just, I didn't want to be in it anymore. It's way too much liability and hassle because it was very successful, too successful. But I understand what I'm talking about, that it has to be consistent entertainment if you want to build a consistent audience. You just can't rotate the bands out because some bands are going to be good, some are not going to be good, and it'll kill the momentum that you're trying to do with your venue. I, if you've ever been to the piano bars, the dueling piano bars, the comedy piano bars, I'm in Texas, and in Austin, Texas, there is a place called Sixth Street that all the it's a great inter, it's world you know renowned for entertainment, and there's a place called Pete's Dueling Piano Pianos, and it's a piano bar. Of all the places on 6th Street, you will always be in line. There's always a line to get in Pete's. Any night of the week, whenever they're open, weeknights, certainly weekends, it's lined, it's packed in this place. And it's because they give the entertainment. It's the same thing every time people come. There's a place, uh, I think it's around the country, called Howling at the Moon. It's a piano bar. I know it's on the San Antonio River Walk. And these comedy piano bars, you're familiar with them. If you're listening to this podcast, you're in the music business. Why are they always packed? Why is Why are all the bachelorette parties and birthday parties always at those places? It's because the customers know exactly what they're going to get. Why are some restaurants successful and legendary and have waiting lists to get in? Here in Texas, the Outback Steakhouse is popular. The Texas Roadhouse is popular. Any of these restaurants, I could go down the list. A Chili's restaurant, there's a line to get in. When you go to eat, I I live in a fairly near Austin, Texas, and it's a fairly prosperous area. And any night of the week you go to one of these restaurants, there's a line to get in. Why? Because customers know exactly what they're going to get, and they anticipate it. That's how it works with residency gigs. And if you can get this concept, that analogy, and share it with club owners, they, they will understand that. It will make sense. The thing that you do have to encourage them to do is stick with it. Don't just try it for a week or two weeks or a month and say, oh, we're not drawing a crowd. It takes a while to build the crowd. But I'm living proof that if you just stay with it, it will work. And it doesn't matter age, how old you are and when you're doing this. I mean, I... Let me put it this way. I was play, I played my first band in 1978. I was, I was doing this. So I've been doing it a long time. My Thursday night residency happens to be college night. And those college kids come, and they come to a point where you can't stack another human being in this place. It is packed. It's the place to be. And they're college kids. And I'm doing my show. It's a blended live music show with DJ and the karaoke mixed in. But the karaoke is only about, I'm going to say 5% maybe of my show. You don't want to do a 50 or 60 or 70% karaoke show generally because the singers aren't that good. You want to have it a portion of what you do. And the um, 
a percentage. Again, I'll explain all of that in my training course in thegigcoach.com. This is in this podcast. I like to give you some basic information. I don't have time to go into the detail of all of all of it, but I encourage you to look into residency gigs. If you have not done that to this point, look at some places, target some places, and talk to them about doing a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday night. Those are good residency nights. You don't necessarily want to do a Saturday night residency gig because all of your private parties and class reunions, weddings, those all tend to be on Saturday nights. And one thing you want to do when you're speaking with the manager and setting all of this up, you want to approach it from this level. You are giving them a discounted rate, a significant discount off your standard rate, and let them know that. And you're doing that because you're setting up a win-win situation. It's a win for them because they are getting professional, consistent weekly entertainment, and you are making a commitment to be there for them. You're not going to, you know, flake out and go to their competitor after you build a crowd uh, after three months and take that crowd away. You're going to be there consistently, so it's a win for them. And be honest, say it's a win for you because you want the clientele that they have to see you, to be exposed to you, because you will be, uh, you will pick up gigs that way. You'll pick up the private parties and the birthday parties and the weddings and be honest with the venue manager and say, that's where I make the bulk of my money and doing that. So we work together. I'm here to do this consistently, but occasionally there will be a Thursday night. If this is a Thursday residency gig we're speaking of, occasionally there will be a Thursday night where I'll have to, um, you know, miss that night because of a prior commitment or another, uh, you know, high dollar booking. But I'll always give you at least two weeks and usually a month notice so that you'll know if I'm going to miss that night. But let them know this this is a rare thing. This is not on a normal occasion because the weeknights usually belong to the residency um, and they will want those. Believe me, once they get used to you being there, fans will come looking for you if you miss a night. They will come and want to know where you are. The venue... They they like the fact that you have a following, but they don't like the fact that you're not there and their customers are unhappy about that. But just just approach it from that perspective when you're speaking with the venue owners and say, this is a win-win. You're getting a tremendous discount for me if you can... Um, if you will book me consistently in here and we can have an agreement on that, I'm going to do this for you. Kind of like buying advertisement. If you buy a one-time ad, it's going to be astronomical. If you buy once a month, it's going to be an astronomical. However, if you commit to an advertising, quote, schedule, then that price comes down significantly. And you all know you've bought advertising before, and the venue owners certainly understand this. But that's how to approach residency gigs. And once again, in my course um, it, at thegigcoach.com, that's T-H-E-G-I-G-C-O-A-C-H.com, sign up for my newsletter on the first page as soon as you get in there so I can get your email. Again, I'm not going to spam you or send you an email you know, chain trying to sell you things all the time. That's not my. That's not how I roll. I will let you know when the course comes available and maybe of some training, upcoming free training that I'll be doing in live webinars, some things that can help you. And the name of the uh, 
The name of the podcast is The Solo Entertainer's Blueprint for Success, and it's called that for a reason. I'm your host, the gig coach, Rockin' Rick. Once again, thegigcoach.com. See you next time. Thanks for listening.